Ooh, we're all trying, man. <laughs> Do we're, all, we're we're putting ourselves out there. We're saying, here's my blood world. It's red like yours. <laughs> God damn it. That was an office joke. How how hey. you oh I know. How you living with the office not on Netflix anymore? Are you okay? <sighs> Thank you for asking. I am not. Um so uh, Tim and I have been watching Bob's Burgers because he mm-hmm. kn- he's never seen it. So we've been watching it on Hulu. I know it's so great to like watch it with him for the first time. Yeah. Um, and uh, Arrested Development is still on Hulu, so that's cool. Yeah. So like I'm making it. It's okay. It's yeah, really rough. You um, just replace it with that- other things. <laughs> it was like my comfort object. I know. No, I totally. Yes. Yes. It's like what I would put on when like. I just need background noise or if I was yes. like cooking and and whatever yes. mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, yeah. 30 Rock. <sighs> yeah, I don't it. know if you've watched 30 what or 30 oh, Rock I have, the way I have. Oh yeah. That's on I have. I do. Well. I like 30 Rock a lot. Yeah, it's um, not the same, but I think but it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think mm. I think let me think. Oh, King of the Hill has also kind Ugh. of replaced nice. the office is just like if we don't really want to watch something but we want background noise on we'll put on king eric yeah king of the hill i kind of forget about king of the hill sometimes and that's, i love king that's of the not hill. fair you know that's not fair to king of the hill <laughs> it's i it's my favorite anime i love it <laughs> <laughs> God i love it. it so much it's so good <laughs> talk about that (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the after times okay just kidding (laughs) i'm tessa i'm victoria i'm emmeline and welcome to the podcast shit-faced facts the show where three college best friends with a love for research and alcohol get together each week to teach you something new what is everybody drinking on this fine uh, Wednesday night. This fine mid January, <laughs> mid January when I said Happy New Year night. You know, hey, it, it is the it is technically the New Year. It so sure is. It's the first listen. time we've done anything in the New Year. <laughs> Tessa, I go have ahead. to say, we, we oh, I was I was just gonna say we did plan on having a, a an episode release last week, but due to civil unrest, we had to postpone. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> until it's this hard. Week. Okay. It's hard out there. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I'm drinking. um, I made some, I made mold cider. Not mold cider, mold wine. What am I saying? Nice. Um, Yeah, I made some mold wine with, I used white wine because I follow this woman on TikTok who's, who's super cool. (laughs) And I don't (laughs) think she has a ton of followers. I might have to look up her username and tell you guys in a minute, but um she like starts all of her TikToks. She goes, "What's up? I'm Lizzie, a kitchen witch and a bartender." And then like tells you how to make a drink, and it's really cute. Damn, and to I know oh, to be a kitchen like right witch up your alley. And a, right, and a bartender. I know. <laughs> and yeah, and this one, she was like, "I'm Lizzie, a kitchen witch and a bartender, and this is how I make my mold white wine to bring wealth." So like all of them are like, "Use." Hey. Orange slices for luck and lemon slices for love and shit like that. And I'm like. Oh. It's so comforting, you know. Yeah, nice. I love that. Look, I'm I'm not above trying anything at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, um, mine's a little mine's mine's a little witchy. 
Oh yeah. It's um I'm drinking Seven Moons Red Blend. Ooh. Um yeah, it's a nice red wine. It's pretty good actually. I'm actually pleasantly surprised with it. Yeah. Um I think it was seven dollars at Tom Thumb. Nice. So Yeah, I've had their yeah. I've had their rose and it was it was pretty good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. I'll have to try that. Um, I'm not gonna try it. I'm you so don't. Hey, you don't have to. I'm so sorry. Live your life, bro. <laughs> I'm also drinking something a little witchy. Um, in the spirit of the new year, I'm drinking champagne. Hell yeah! Because we have a lot I, of it left over. Yeah, okay. Yes. Nice. Oh, <laughs> nice. If there's Listen, one thing, use what you got. If there's one thing my mom loves, it's champagne. Um, <laughs> and this is one. This is one from Burlwood Cellars. Extra dry, mm-hmm. champ- sparkling wine, also known as champagne. Um, <laughs> she's very tasty. I've already, I've got like a goblet situation going on here. Nice, um, also witchy. I, just, I like oh. it. Yeah, and so I filled it, and I'm already halfway done and tipsy. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, but oh, I I wanted to mention also that I'm drinking out of my coveted Zach Bagans mug that Victoria gave me for Christmas. We love to uh. see it. Um, I've been misting my plants with a plant mister. Y'all got y'all got me. Yeah, uh, y'all being yeah. Victoria. Yeah, <laughs> not to like not to slight Tessa. <laughs> I just wanted no. Credit I do. I'm glad that y'all are enjoying the gifts that I gave you because yes. I do enjoy Tessa, giving did, gifts. Did you get the present I mailed you? Yes, I did. I've been using that as well. Okay, you. I oh yay! It. Okay, I'm so yeah. Mad. I wanna I wanna save it for when I'm actually have the strength to make a cocktail. Um, <laughs> just put it in the tumbler, or I might just put wine in the microwave and called it mold wine and <laughs> put it in the, the tumbler. No, <laughs> this is a mold wine reduction I made using the G and E microwave. <laughs> Oh man! It's called innovation, sweaty. Yeah, we're innovative (laughs) in this house. God. (laughs) But yes, thank you, Emmeline. I love that tumbler to death. Yeah, no, I'm so glad. I wanted to make sure Tessa got it, um, because I didn't know what I was doing when I was shipping them. So. Can I make a correction before we get into stories? Because yes. I learned an update to one of the, the pieces I did a couple weeks ago. And Absolutely. I wanted to I wanted to make sure that our shit face facts are uh, shit face up to date. So <laughs> I was listening to uh, a piece on NPR the other day um, about, I think it was NPR, about uh, the costumes that ABBA wore. And I was like, oh shit, I have read and written about this. And so one of the things they did that was really cool that I couldn't do because I'm 24 and not famous is they (laughs) called the costume designer for ABBA and asked him like, yeah. And they asked him like, was this, you know, was this like, was this for a tax benefit? And he basically said, you know, there are some costumes in my career that I have designed specifically for this Swedish tax break, but for ABBA, it was just for like the love and creativity of the costume Aww. because the singers Aww. in the band were like, nothing is too wild, nothing is too out there. And so he just wanted to go all the out. And so, yeah, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to dispel that because it's uh, apparently it is not so. Oh, yeah. And Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds isn't about LSD. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
when listen when you said you wanted to say something about a story you did and you mentioned NPR the last story I thought it was gonna be uh, was ABBA <laughs> right redlining jaywalking anything they, I yeah. know ABBA ABBA's costumes <laughs> well, I'm glad we're all factually up to date yes yeah, we're, we're all on the same page now. Yes. Our ABBA facts are now facts, officially. Mm-hmm. Um, officially. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, just let me get let, that ASMR wine pour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, we're good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, in this, in this spirit... Oh, God. <laughs> no, you didn't. Um, in the spirit of this being the first episode in 2021... Um, mm-hmm. I, and I, you know, I'd, I'd planned this for last week, but like, who fucking cares, you know? Um, <laughs> so I, because of the meal that my mother usually makes on New Year's Day, um, and it's a tradition thing, I decided to talk about Southern New Year's Day food traditions. Hey. Because yeah, the yes, stuff that my that mom makes, black yeah, the the stuff that my mom makes is the traditional like Southern New Year's Day meal, and I, I I like know I knew what all the foods like represented and stuff, and I was like, how the fuck did that happen? So here we are. Ooh, I'm um, very interested, right? So my sources are history.com, um, Washington Post, The Spruce Eats, uh, Trip Savvy, and Real Buzz, which are, you know, sometimes you just find stuff places, you know? Um, <laughs> so for, for those who don't know, who are not from the southern part of America, a typical like New Year's Day meal in America it consists of uh, black-eyed peas, Usually there's ham in the black-eyed peas and you eat those with rice, but you also can have like, like, ugh, excuse me, I burped. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a year that like I made the meal and I just made pork chops. Like you can just have mm, ham yeah. on the plate, right? Yeah. Um, my, my stepmom makes, my stepmom makes a pie every year. She makes black-eyed peas, ham, and collard greens into a pie and it is Whoa. Mm, just the most buttery, delicious I've never heard of that. That is, yeah. It's so good. I love it. Um, And that's the nice thing too, isn't it? It's like set things, but you can make them in any form or fashion you want. Spice Uh, it up, baby. Spice it up. Make it a pie. Who cares? Um, (laughs) Yeah, so so we have ham. um, And as Emmeline mentioned, we got greens. You can use cabbage. Some people do collard greens. the one of the one of the articles I read, I don't remember where, but one of them said like included like kale and chard, and I was like, mm. no, mm. no, that's <laughs> not no. here. Oh, that's no. too Yankee. Mm. That's too Yankee. No, no. y'all, I love chard. It's so good. Have I've never had, had chard. chard to be fair. Yeah, I haven't had it. It's delicious. Swiss mm-hmm. chard. Oh my god, y'all. Okay, just a little tip for everyone. Swiss chard is in season right now, mm-hmm. and it is a, an ornamental vegetable. Like they use it in a lot of decorative planters. And mm-hmm. so, if you're like around town, if you know what Swiss chard looks like, you can like just go grocery shopping for free, just like in any shopping center, because <laughs> they put Swiss chard out in their planters by the bushelful. Dang. So, yeah, I'm just saying, pro if tip. y'all are trying to forage for dinner, pro tip, yeah. go get that Swiss chard. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then also Go turnip forth, greens. my little anarchist. <laughs> <laughs> and then also you can use turnip greens. Some use some people use turnip greens. Ooh, yeah. um, and then oh, I had pork in the list again. Just pork, you know, in some you know, fashion. More um, pork. Mm, yes. Pork. Yes. 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 And then. <laughs> Cornbread. Um, oh yes. Yeah. So. Oh so, god, I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm always so. hungry. Um, I made gumbo for dinner, and look. <laughs> uh, okay. So, I'm gonna go through each thing and like say what it means, right? And say where it comes from, mm-hmm. and hopefully, d- here's the thing too. A lot of this is like, do we really know? No. But here's what we think. Um, so the first one, we got the peas. Um, sometimes it's it's more of a specific dish. I think it's like the peas and ham made in a certain way is called Hoppin' John's, which is more of the traditional thing is the Hoppin' John's dish, um, okay. which represents wealth and luck. Um, Love their music. Yeah, so... So... <laughs> so... I wrote this down so long ago. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> so a long time ago, southern southern plantation owners were searching for a profitable crop, um, <laughs> and so they they enslaved and traded people from West Africa strictly for their knowledge about rice because they thought that that crop would be the most profitable. Now I'm really focusing on how I say that profitable. Um, so. Uh, it was it's thought that the people that were enslaved and brought from West Africa um, also brought peas. Um, but as John Thorne wrote, quote, the only thing Africans brought with them was their memories. Um, so in, instead of like actually bringing like the peas and the crop itself, they brought customs and rituals. Um, and then peas were included in those customs and their rituals. Um, So another, like, and this is another hard maybe, who knows, really. Um, But it is thought that traders maybe started trading peas as a backhanded charitable act to make the people they were enslaving happy. So they were Mm -hmm. like, well, they like peas and, like, just fucking gave them peas as if that was the best thing they could do for them, you know? Wow. <clears throat> Here. Mm. Talk about not even talk about, you know, I don't know. I feel like the bare minimum is here and they're just like, like the basement is where they are. Yeah. <laughs> yup. God. Mm. Um, there are. So that's that on that. <laughs> because Period. they suck. Um, there are no established theories about how peas came to symbolize luck. Um, yeah, they they just are. <laughs> um, but some some people said that uh, the way that they came to symbolize wealth was because peas look like coins. I guess. <laughs> um, hey, sometimes I'm ah, gonna have to sometimes argue with you about that one. The answers are just right in front of you. <laughs> Or, okay, no, that's not really true either. I was going to say, like, maybe when they rattle against each other, it sounds like coins, but not really. <laughs> hey, back in, like, the 16, <laughs> 1700s or whatever, like, did that's they true. really know anything? Here's no, the they th- didn't know what money was. Do we know what money looked like then? 
Probably y'all, if I, I did some research. <laughs> I got a secret for y'all. Uh-huh. Money isn't real. <laughs> None of this is real. Ugh, sorry, I was drinking. Um, okay. Moving on. <laughs> um, the new New Year's Day tradition may have started during like um the Christmas and New Year's time of the year, like the holidays, you know. Um because during that time of year, enslaved people were like given time off um, between because it was between the time when they would harvest and when they would plant. Um, so uh, that was the time that they would get together to give thanks for past crops and raise expectations for the coming season. Um, and from what I understand, they would eat peas. Um, and that could have developed, I guess that's kind of a theory, but it could have developed into the good luck tradition. Um, mm-hmm. was them eating peas and then having a good crop the next season. Um, yeah. yeah. So, that's all I got on peas. So interesting. Thank you, peas, Thank for your you, service. Peas. So, the next one I have, <laughs> the next one I have is, uh, the greens of the meal. Um, in, in my- Wait, the greens of the meal isn't the peas? <laughs> No, so so, and here's the here's the thing too. In all my research, I was like, do all these things just mean money? Because <laughs> they kind of do. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, yes. So <laughs> the greens were like my my mom usually makes cabbage. Um, I'm a big fan of cabbage, big yeah. fan. So, but you can have whatever kind of greens you want. But they also symbolize money. <laughs> um, so uh, actually, cabbage. Ooh, excuse me. Spicy. Yes. Cab- the word cabbage turned into a slang word for money because of the Russians. Um, <gasps> I'm using that wow. word from now on. <laughs> cabbage. Comrade cabbage. Give me your cabbage. <laughs> Give me that cabbage. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's just because, like, cabbage theoretically looks like dollar bills. Not dollar bills. It's Russia. But bills. Um, <laughs> God damn it. But people in yeah, Russia were the first. Bills. <laughs> people in Russia were the first ones to use cabbage as slang for money. Um, uh, historically, cabbage um, was eaten for health benefits as far back as, like, Caesar. Um and yeah, like Caesar and like in the Egyptian customs, they would eat it for digestion and nutrition. Um, Yum. In later years, they would mm. eat it to prevent scurvy. And then mm. um, apparently oh, yeah. Aristotle ate, a lot, ate it a lot. Um, he, and he would specifically eat it before drinking wine to keep it from, quote, fuddling his prudent academic head. okay no you're telling me this man got drunk (laughs) to prevent cabbage no 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 no. other way around is like 90 other way around oh (laughs) (laughs) so he would eat cabbage and then drink wine and be like the cabbage has kept me has kept my prudent academic head where it needs to be (laughs) y'all cabbage is like 90 percent water i do Mm -hmm. not believe him I know, man. Oh, I, you could just drink water, you know. I guess. No, cabbage is spicier. <laughs> cabbage cabbage is just stinkier. spicier water. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Spicy, stinky water. Um, 
Man. So, and then, um, I did also see that actually what they ate, like, in Caesar's time up to, like, Aristotle's time, um, was probably closer to kale than what we know as cabbage. Bruh, they're hipsters and we didn't know. (laughs) No one knew. (laughs) Oh my god. Um, so yeah, and, uh, any type of greens is plentiful from the late fall into January. That's all I wrote about that. So, (laughs) I'm assuming... That's all we need to know. I'm assuming that, like, Maybe um, that was, since there aren't a ton of crops that can grow during that time, that's like a crop that could bring people money, Mm. profitable, if you will. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then it is said that like on New Year's Year's Day, (laughs) each bite of greens equals $1,000 for the year. Oh shit! Um, I wish. So I mm-hmm. know. <laughs> Get to eaten um, mm-hmm. <laughs> for the next year, I guess. Um, so <laughs> that's what I have about greens. Next thing um, is the pork part of the meal, which uh, I do love. Yeah, my favorite. Um, my favorite. Which symbolizes health, not money, but also kind of money. Health. Um, <laughs> prosperity. Health. Yeah, health, prosperity, yes. and progress. So, like, yeah, money. Um, so, <laughs> traditionally, the pork of the meal would be uh, the hog jowl, which is the cheek, um, which is like, <gasps> it's yes. like, I think it's called guanciale oh, oh really shit slaps nice. it's so good yeah nice yeah and it's like it's like thick cut bacon is what i read i've never Yum. had it yeah. it's so good it's got like a funky kind of flavor to it oh it's so good Ooh. oh yeah we make that we put that in feijoada yeah i've had it hell yeah yes oh, something about yes. something okay. about uh hog jowl and beans dude um that's it good. that's feijoada <laughs> boom um <laughs> yeah yeah and so it it was really popular especially around like new year's time like in the winter because it was it's a cured meat and it can be stored well for a long time um yeah and people usually put it in peas or feijoada um whatever um and this actually is this tradition is not specific to the south um but Oh, let's see i wrote this down though too it says in south it symbolizes health and wealth (laughs) <laughs> so, something well, that's all Yeah, but a, a a family could easily eat on one fatty pig for an entire winter. Um, so yeah, yeah. So Amen. there's all the health. It, it was like a matter of life and death. So they could eat on an entire pig. Um, yeah, and then and then the reason that I read that pork represents progress is that. Uh, <laughs> And I think this is just a theory, like, nobody actually knows. But this theory says that uh, they symbolize progress because pigs can't only turn their heads. They have to turn their entire body if they want to turn their head. And so they are always looking forward. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, That's what it said. (laughs) I I believe it. I'll buy it. I'll, I'll, I'll believe it. There was a time in college when I had a really bad neck pain and I also could not turn my head side to side and I had to turn my whole body. Were so you always, actually, always, you, also always looking forward? Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, if you eat me, I also <laughs> <represent> <laughs> and health and wealth. Uh, 
And then you've heard of the three G's. Get ready for the three P's. Progress, prosperity, pelf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so drunk. Oh my god. <laughs> I ain't even through the first story. Get ready. Aren't you last? You're last. Oh boy. I'm okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the last thing um, in the southern meal is the cornbread, uh, which I read represents more cash. Um, you know, it's fitting for American society. You're in it. In but it. go ahead. Continue. Yeah, yeah. It's mostly the things that I the things that I read were like uh, cornbread's gold, and so it represents gold instead of like bills and like yeah golds and coins and stuff so uh i i think what really happened is that cornbread just goes really well with all the other stuff in the meal but they soak it up Mm. yeah right yeah Yeah, it's so delicious but they were like we can't just have something sitting on the fucking plate that doesn't fucking mean anything so we (laughs) gotta we gotta just say it's money too because gold i guess like that's (laughs) Yeah, someone just made something up, and I'm okay with that, <laughs> as long as I get to eat it. So, that's all I have about the Southern traditions. I also wrote down some other traditions from, like, other countries, because there's not a ton of information Ooh, on the Southern traditions. Yeah. Um, and also, I think it's important to know about world things. So, um, some other fun New Year's Day traditions. Um, what? Oh, I don't know what this means anymore. <laughs> oh, um, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's been too long. I wrote down in the Philippines, as much round as possible for that dollar sign. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's a code. We, it's a code. <laughs> I know. I know. I used to know what it meant. I don't know anymore. Oh, no. Where's Nick Cage? Call him up. <laughs> I'm gonna skip it. Okay. Um, I'll if you mention remember it. it at any point. Just tell. Just interrupt. Shout. Just yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So the next one is a tradition in Spain, um, which is to like when the clock strikes twelve, right? And there's twelve chimes mm-hmm. for for twelve o'clock. If you didn't know, um, and they had twelve grapes. And you had to eat all of the 12 grapes before the chimes were done. And if you did, you got good luck for the year. Yeah. Yeah. I did that. I did oh, that. Okay. You did that? Um, yeah. I was in Spain on New Year's Eve in, for New Year's Eve 2017 with my dad. We did that. It was a lot of fun. Nice. Did I okay, describe cool. it correctly? <laughs> you did. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was a little worried. I didn't understand it right. So th- I'm glad. Um, yeah. Okay. And, so, and, um, uh, conveniently and ironically, 2018 ended up being one of the best years. Hey! Hey! Look it's, at that. it's the last good year, so <laughs> you enjoyed it. <laughs> last time any of us were happy. Um, so, <laughs> next one. In, in Peru, they have a festival called the Takanakui Festival, which literally translates to when the blood is boiling. Um, oh, and so tag yourself. <laughs> it's it's literally just a fight fest that's overseen by police. They like you know 
It's Whoa. like a they registered. It's just it's like a club. registered party. Yeah, yeah, it's just a registered party <laughs> for everybody to. If they had that. grievances, you wow. fought, and it represented a fresh start for the new year. Um, so, yeah. Okay, wow. If you got a grievance, just go punch him a few times and, like, look, that works for some people. You just got to hit him, and that's it, and it makes <laughs> you feel better. Um, so, and then in South America, and it, it it lumped this tradition into, like, three different countries. So, um, I would like to do a little more research and see if it's actually present in all three of them. It said uh, Mexico, Bolivia, and Brazil. So... Question mark. I know. I'm under hard scrutiny. Um, (laughs) Which was that, like, on on New Year's, if you wore or if you wear certain colors of underwear, it predicts things for your year. And so, like... Is it true? Victoria, is that true? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Um, In Brazil... Everyone wears white on New Year's Eve. Like, that's, like, the thing. Everyone goes to the beach and wears white. Mm -hmm. And um, on New Year's Day, we eat three pomegranate seeds, and we keep the seeds in our wallet so it can bring us money for the year. That's fucking cool. Whoa! I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So this said, like, like, if you want love in the new year, you wear red underwear. If you want... If you want wealth, you wear yellow. And if you want peace, you wear white. Um, Yes. That is true. Be aware of a lot of white underwear. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then, which this one is kind of my favorite because it's really funny. Um, In Denmark, so over the year, you save up all of like your unused plates. And then on New Year's, you take the plates and you go to the houses of your friends and family and you hurl the plates at their door. You just fucking throw them Why? at their door <laughs> to let them know that you love them. What? That's called domestic You just go to their front door and you break plates so they know you love them. <laughs> I feel like, do they also play the fun game of is this fireworks or gunshots? <laughs> I don't know, but I do like that one. So it's those just broken plates or <laughs> gunshots or fireworks—they just add a whole new layer. They have three layers in Denmark, <laughs> man. But that's all of the traditions that I have. Nice, southern and otherwise, southern America and Whoa. otherwise. So yeah, that was, that that was, was fun. so wholesome. Thank it you. Is. Yeah, I had fun. Researching, maybe I'll fucking remember what that thing about uh, the Philippines was. Oh yeah, if you like, I said if you remember, just shout it out at any point. No context needed. Just say it. I don't know what I fucking meant. <laughs> if you know what Tessa meant, please sound off below. In the comments. <laughs> um, all right. So um, I'm excited to talk about my topic. I had one topic in mind, but it was too niche, and so I thought I would might as well just talk about the whole thing. So today, I'm talking about Smokey Bear. Oh, like, oh. like the forest fire yeah. awareness? Okay, cool. Yeah. Like, like the bear. 
Um, and I'll okay, I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting to uh, the fun part of it at the very end, but I'm just gonna talk about um, the origin of Smokey Bear. So my sources give me his are, origin story. <laughs> my sources are a uh, 2006 documentary called History of Smokey Bear and um, a video by the On Wisconsin the Department of Natural Resources, as well as the official Smokey Bear website, the National Geographic, and NPR. Yeah. So. All right. Classic NBR. So it all began in the spring of 1942 um, when the U.S. was part of a, a quick little skirmish called World War II. And um, a Japanese submarine surfaced on the coast of Southern California and fired at a Santa Barbara oil field, which caused a giant forest fire. And people began to worry how much damage forest fires would do, especially like to the population of the United States. Mm -hmm. um, and because most firefighters went off to fight in World War II, fire protection became a national emergency. So because of this, national parks began releasing campaigns on basic fire safety and how to prevent forest fires. Um, back in the day, I'll talk about this later, but back in the day, a lot of forest fires were caused by people like lighting campfires and then not putting them out or kids <laughs> playing with matches, you know. No. Not campfires. Oh, we don't have to no. think about it. We don't have to think about industrialism yet. So, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, so, in 1942, the U.S. Forest Service organized the Cooperative Forest Fire Campaign, which oh. partnered with the Ad Council, who was mostly in charge of making war propaganda for the United States. Um, they mm. partnered together to make ads for fire prevention, forest fire prevention. And um, they thought that the use of a animal character would be the best to catch the public's attention. So. Ooh, somebody got a marketing degree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't mind me. I got my degree in communications. <laughs> <laughs> so the first character they suggested was Bambi from Walt Disney. Huh. Um, but so we cute. all. Not threatening enough. <laughs> Um, but so Walt Disney let sent out like a temporary loan for Bambi for one campaign. Um, but because you know Walt Disney loves copyright protection, uh, they can't yeah, they use the character forever. So the ad cancel had to came out had to come out with a new character to replace Bambi. Um, so in August of 1944, an artist by the name of Albert Sta Staley painted a bear pouring a bucket of water over a campfire and the bear appropriately was named Smokey and was Cuz he's smoking. Yeah. He's big. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big bear. <laughs> um so Smokey Bear started appearing on posters and cards and he became instantly successful as their like new mascot. So, um, Staley, the artist, painted two more campaigns of Smokey Bear, and then the design was taken over by artist Rudy Wendelin, who made Smokey more realistic, more threatening, more, um, you better fucking put the fire out or yeah, I will literally maul you. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So help me God. <laughs> um, and this is when Smokey's catchphrase was first coined. In the ad campaign, and it is still used to this day. And the catchphrase is 
Remember, only you can prevent forest, forest fires. fires. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Smokey first came on radio in 1947 and was voiced by Jackson Weaver. So, by 1950, when everyone was like getting a radio in their house, Smokey became very popular. Um, and when a raging forest fire in the Lincoln National Forest unfortunately happened, um, there was an orphaned bear cub that was left behind, and he became the living symbol of forest fire prevention, and he became the first mascot, like, actual, like, animal mascot for Smokey Bear. Aw, wow. Yeah, it's a little cute. Um, I hope he was happy. Yeah, yeah. He lived a long life. I'll get to that in a bit. Aww. Um, uh, in 1952, President Dwight D. Eisenhower um, signed an act that made the use of Smokey by commercial outlets um, be used for additional promotion of the Forest Fire Prevention Program. Basically, um, third-party like ad companies wanted to use Smokey as like for their own purposes, but like it was owned by the government, and so. President Eisenhower signed an act that made the use, made like the collected fees and royalties charged for the use of Smokey by those commercial outlets. Um, that money would go to um, forest fire prevention programs by the government. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you're telling me <laughs> is animating a Smokey the Bear erotic cartoon would, in fact... <laughs> Help prevent forest fires. Yes, and we can think. Uh, I mean, I don't think it would hurt. <laughs> you know? And thanks to President Eisenhower, you can create a furry Smokey Bear. And <laughs> you too can watch Smokey the Bear and porn. Forest fires. <laughs> and prevent forest fires. Um, Remember, don't let it get too hot in here. <laughs> um so yeah um in 1953 the junior forest rangers uh program was born and this let children write letters to Smokey expressing interest in becoming a junior forest ranger and they would receive a personal reply from Smokey and like a little badge that said like they were a little junior forest ranger it was very cute aww um, but by 1965, the volume of letters became so large that Smokey became the first and only celebrity to have their own zip code. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Smokey! <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, in 1969, Smokey starred in his own little half-hour cartoon. Um, and he created a second national slogan, which is Smokey's friends don't play with matches because, like I said, kids would play with matches and just, like, throw it out in the forest. I get and it. For- it's fun. Yeah. forget it. <laughs> my mom, she didn't, she didn't throw the matches outside, but my mom played with matches when she was little. I yeah, get it. They're yeah. cool. Back in the day, all you had to do was play with matches, play with um, abandoned fridges that would give you mercury poisoning. <laughs> um <laughs> Lead was literally what? in gasoline. Like, oh, I don't man. Know. Yeah. Just, like, snort radium off a line or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> open up your watch. Just lick that bitch. <laughs> uh. 
Put that shit literally Put on your Put your tongue face. on whatever, man. Oh <laughs> it doesn't God, matter. Everything could kill you. You had the time and nothing else to do. Just lick everything. <laughs> um, so y- y'all remember the little bear that was orphaned by the forest fire who became the uh, symbol for Smokey? Yes. I haven't stopped thinking about him. <laughs> um, he sadly passed away of old age in 1976. Aww. But they um, found another orphan cub in 1971 who was also found in um, the Lincoln National Forest after a major forest fire. And he became Uh, known as... That seems awfully convenient. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He became known as Little Smokey, who was Smokey's successor after he passed away. Oh, I I love his sausages. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So, advertising became so essential to the Smokey campaign that the Ad Council released advertising kits um, and would ship them out to every part of the uh, the country that would feature celebrities saying that forest fire prevention was important, as well as TV commercials. Um, I don't know if y'all remember, like, late 90s, early 2000s, probably not late 90s because we were all, like, three years old, but um, they used to be, like, old commercials of, like... You know, kids out in the forest with their parents, and they're like leaving a campfire, and the kids like, don't, don't forget to put the fire out. And then Smokey Bear's like, only <laughs> yeah. you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> yes, Sounds I accurate. do remember those. Um, so all of this seems very seems very like wholesome, right? You know, like ah, yes, fire is bad. Forest fires are bad. Trees are important. Let's not let's prevent forest fires, right? I'd be willing to Is bet it's not butt? wholesome. I'd be willing oh, to bet God. you're gonna say but cash it, money <laughs> it okay it is all in good intent for the most part uh-huh. but there is one caveat to it that just so happens to have happened um not intentionally this isn't like no one's making money off of this it is just nature oh, doing God. its thing okay it's uh-huh. called the smoky bear effect um so, okay. large, <laughs> large forested areas that were sectioned off to be prevent, protected from forest fires, they started growing more trees, right? Uh-huh. And, like, grass and uh-huh. bushes, which is essentially just more fuel that would cause larger and more catastrophic fires. And no. so, yeah, it's really, it's really sad. It Like, it's just nature doing know. its thing, and it's not... Preventable. It's not something we can prevent. Like, we could cut trees down, but they're just gonna grow again. You're telling me Smokey was wrong? (laughs) I remember from like third grade science that there are some trees that like need, like, they do not drop seeds until there's like some kind of forest fire. Yeah. Like, I recognize that it is like part of a natural life cycle of a forest, but still, like, yes. Fire made me sad. Yes, it is very sad. Like, some forest fires are natural and they need to happen so that you can clear the ground for more trees to grow. Mm-hmm. But a veteran fire manager, William Armstrong, was interviewed by NPR and stated that, in quote, in order to prevent total annihilation, you have to set some fires and let them naturally burn so forests don't become overcrowded. And, um... 
the National Geographic stated that natural wildfires get rid of harmful insects and plants, and they can clear thick canopies to let sunshine reach the ceilings on the forest floor. Basically all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but because, like, the Smoky Bear program sectioned off parts of the forest to not be harmed by wildfires, more trees are just going to grow, and when the fire inevitably reaches it, it's just going to burn a lot deadlier and faster and it's going to spread more and we can't, there's nothing we can do to our knowledge right now to prevent it. It's very sad, but there is a a silver lining to all this. Obviously wildfires can be caused by natural causes like lightning, climate change, and climate change is caused, 71% of carbon emissions are caused by large corporations, but... As far as wildfires go, 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by human carelessness. So, Smokey Bear did have a point um, that (laughs) we can do our best to, like, put out campfires, burn ethically, um, you know. Not throw gender reveal parties in the middle of a dry forest. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Cut open a fucking cake. It is it's easier. It's fine. Or just gets like, the point maybe across. Maybe send an email. Maybe just send an email. <laughs> or don't have a party about it. It's really like yeah, uh, whatever. Mm. I guess whatever you want to do, but like not that. You know. <laughs> yeah. It, um, okay. Good point. Just not that. <laughs> <laughs> so Smokey Bear to this day remains a symbol of outdoor safety and pro- fire prevention, even if for. Forest fires are inevitable. Um, And I wrote here, but I do think that we as a society can be less careless and more cognizant of what we can do to prevent accidental forest fires. As Emmeline mentioned, don't set off like a pyrotechnic firework machine for a gender reveal party. Like, that's just stupid. And we all saw the consequences of that this summer. Um, Yeah, so don't do that. Cut open a cake. Works the same. Um, or even, like, a smoke bomb is, is fine. Yeah. There are, like, more safe and environmentally friendly friendly ways to um, burn, like, old leaves and papers and stuff like that. Like, a lot of websites recommend either composting or recycling your old brush or paper or leaves before you consider burning them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, burning is, like, a last resort kind of thing. And there are apps that, um, that'll tell you, like, if the conditions are ideal for safe burning, like, if it's too, if it's not too hot outside, um, stuff like that. So, yeah, there are, like, modern tools, um, that licensed fire burners have access to. And you have to be licensed to, like, burn anyway, so, yeah. You do? Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) So, <laughs> I mean, I guess that does make sense for cities. I, I grew mm-hmm. up in a village, okay? <laughs> I didn't know that. So, because Smokey Bear was so popular, he started making public appearances, right? Yeah! Um, but the person in the Smokey Bear costume had a long list of rules to follow before they could appear publicly. And this was the topic I wanted to talk about originally. Um... But I it is very I just... niche, that's fair. Yes. <laughs> so, I have here in my hand an 18-page PDF document on 
the rules that the Smokey Bear costume wearer must follow. Oh my god. 18 pages. I'm not going to read the whole 18 page oh document. Oh my god. <laughs> Give us the highlights. Yeah, the highlights. Yes. Okay. Give us headers. Individuals who wear and use the costume must agree to one, use the costume only to further public information, education, and awareness of the prevention of human caused wildfires. Two. Yeah, no sex, you freaks. (laughs) (laughs) Do not speak during costume appearances unless equipped with the currently licensed Smokey Bear voice modulator system. Okay. (laughs) Use of the Smokey Bear voice modulator is approved for use with the costume as appropriate. The voice modulator system is not to be used for conversation, but to provide wildfire prevention information or respond to wildfire prevention questions, keeping answers very short and to the point. (gasps) (laughs) They're like, you can't speak. You're gonna fuck up if you talk too much. (laughs) Don't do it. Yeah, you can't say what Smokey Bear had The kids are gonna know bears can't talk. (laughs) (laughs) Express sincerity and interest while appearing in the costume by moving paws, head, and legs. (laughs) Yeah, don't just stand there. Wow, great advice. (laughs) (laughs) appear dignified and friendly avoid clowning horseplay inappropriate dancing and gestures etc this is serious (laughs) (laughs) smoky bear should not act aggressively and should always let the public approach him first especially small children yeah don't act like a bear Spreading his arms or extending a paw and waiting is a good way to let them know it's okay to be approached. I give you permission to approach (laughs) me. You may approach. You may kiss Smokey's ring. (laughs) Do not use alcohol or illicit drugs prior to and during the Smokey Bear appearance. This okay, condition okay. applies to Hang uniformed on. escorts as well. <laughs> that's that's what? unreasonable, Why you really. you gotta take the phone out of it? Come on. Firstly, <laughs> I will only want to talk to Smokey Bear if he's absolutely you, sloshed. Look, you, you think Smokey that any mascot... <laughs> look, you think any mascot ever that you see is not absolutely fucking plastered? You're wrong. Every mascot ever is just out of their minds drunk. I yeah, promise. how do you how do you think Disney does it? How do you think Disney gets? They away provide with it? their mascots with alcohol. <laughs> yeah, there's just like a little like straw in their in the sleeve, and they every time they like scratch their head, they just Sorry, go. Every time they put their hand up and like giggle or whatever, they're yeah. they're sipping, baby. <laughs> I hope Disney doesn't sue me for that. No, God, this is for for, for legal purposes. This is a joke. Um, so um, you can have. There shall be. There shall be at least one uniformed escort to accompany the bear, and the bear is in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> that is very threatening. That's good. Okay, and um. There's also this part of the document that says, After donning the costume, the escort shall inspect the suit. Check for the following. Is the, is the drawstring tucked in? Are the feet fitting correctly and trouser bottoms laying correctly over feet? Is the zipper out of sight? Are the buttons fastened? Is the belt firmly fastened to the pants? Are the pants cuffed neat? Is the hat crown up? 
Is the head straight on the shoulders? Is the fur brushed generously? (laughs) Does it look like an actual bear without a person inside it? (laughs) God. (laughs) Um... And I know there is like a like a fee that the costume wearer has to pay if they incorrectly don the Smokey Bear costume. Oh. I don't know how much it is because I only have those two pages pulled up on my phone. Oh my god. $5,000. <laughs> but there are severe consequences. Severe. If you do not respect the image of Smokey Bear. God. And that is the history of the character of Smokey Bear. And it's not Smokey the Bear. It is Smokey Bear. They've made it very clear. There is no D in the name. (laughs) Hello Kitty is a girl. It is Smokey Bear. Smokey, last name Bear. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Bear was my father. (laughs) Uh, All right. Here we go. So... (laughs) Um, I wrote these notes a week ago and I have not looked at them since. We'll see how this goes. No, same. Additionally, <laughs> yeah, additionally, um, I know almost nothing about this. Okay. Uh-huh. So oh, okay. <laughs> my, my title today is very long. The whole title of what I am presenting today is History of the Term Student Athlete, subtitled Why Don't College Athletes Get Paid? On the back, there's a review from New York Times that just says, way more in-depth and complicated than you can cover in 20 minutes, and also <laughs> racism. So That's the full title? Here we go. That's yes. the full title, baby. Doesn't uh, take that long, a come on. review from the New York Times. <laughs> okay. So uh, I used... Uh, an article on SB Nation, SB Nation's documentary Foul Play, which my boyfriend had me watch, and it was really good. Um, <laughs> I used a Marketplace article, the NAACP Florida State Conference article, an article from Time. Um, I wish I wrote these names down now. Uh, <laughs> an article in the San Diego Union Tribune, the Chicago Tribune, the New York Times, and my boyfriend, Tim. Nice. Thank okay. you, Tim. The most legitimate source of them all. <laughs> he knows more about sports than I know about anything. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm so drunk. Hold on. I got to finish this. <laughs> I'm going to finish it, too. Finish your drink. Oh, I don't have much left. Oh, God. Ugh. All right. Okay. So, <clears throat> this fall... When colleges across America opened their doors again uh, with every intention of playing college sports during a pandemic, I think it became very clear to a lot of us where the money for these institutions was really coming from. Oh, indeed. Right? Mm. So to understand why college athletes don't get paid, you have to first understand the history of the term student-athlete to understand why the NCAA, which uh, for... Those of us who are not either from the United States or don't know anything about sports, which is okay. Um, that was I'm me a, a week ago. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, the NCAA is like the governing body for college sports. And we'll get into how they started, why they're still around and stuff like that. But basic knowledge, that's what you need to know. So, you'll, you know, to understand why they're so hell-bent on maintaining that athletes in college are amateurs, despite the billions, and I cannot stress this enough, 
billions with a B of dollars that they bring in every year in profit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm. So we're going to go way back. We're going to go back to the beginning of American football, not soccer, not (laughs) football, football, which became popular in the 1880s due in part to media coverage as well as scholarships that began to be offered by colleges to students who wanted to play intercollegiate sports. So as the popularity of football grew, (laughs) yeah, dude, (laughs) I forget what it was that was like their big sport at the time. Um, I think it was something like cricket fencing or like something (laughs) yeah it was some kind of like lame sport (laughs) and then football came around and they're like ah shit we can watch kids tackle each other and history was made yeah (laughs) um as the popularity of football grew it actually became more and more aggressive and y'all there were a shit ton of injuries right Mm -hmm. people and i cannot stress this enough People were dying from injuries, right? All the time. These like collegiate men and women, I don't know about that as much, but (laughs) these people were dying from injuries because the sport was so aggressive because that's what got butts in seats. It was such a problem that President Theodore Roosevelt had to get involved. Oof. Oh my god. Not, not the president. <laughs> oh wow. Not the president. The mm-hmm. National Collegiate uh, National Collegiate Athletic Association, which is henceforth referred to as the NCAA, is formed as almost a union of sorts, which is like blew my mind, but mm-hmm. it's formed as almost a union of sorts to create safety regulations and see that they're enforced on college campuses, right? Just mm-hmm. because there were so many deaths being caused by college football and so injuries and deaths go way down but they aren't quite zero um Mm. and that's how we get into the next part of our story which is in the 1950s a man named ray dennison died of a head injury he incurred while playing football for fort lewis a&m in colorado (gasps) right so the ncaa is doing a pretty good job they're wearing helmets they're making sure that um, I don't know what else they were doing. Helmets, penalties. Yeah, probably knee <laughs> pads. The I safety don't know. things. <laughs> safety things. And so Band-aids. they're doing a pretty good job of enforcing all that. <laughs> Band-aids. <laughs> Lollipops. So they're, do- <laughs> they're doing a pretty good job of enforcing all that and like instituting new rules as new science comes out. But unfortunately... You know, they can't get them all. So a man named Ray Dennison does end up dying because of injuries incurred while playing football. His widow files for workers' compensation death benefits, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh, spicy. Okay, here's where we get going, <laughs> ladies. And- Y'all know how much I love when someone files for worker compensation and then shit goes down. Ooh. Okay. Now... Because of hundreds of incapacitating injuries that occurred in college athletics every year, the NCAA's legal argument needed to be super crafty or they were going to find themselves in a lot of trouble trying to pay for everyone's workers' comp because of all of these incapacitating injuries, because of all of this death, right? And so they were wringing their hands. They were really fucking worried because there was 
so much shit going wrong that they could not pay for everyone's workers' comp, right? Oof. So the NCAA's legal team starts to craft their defense, right? And they create the term student athlete to use as part of their legal defense against paying Denison's widow his death benefits, right? They argue, I know, they argue the compensation these athletes receive in the form of college scholarships does not qualify them as professionals, nor the employees of their organization, and therefore they are not responsible for paying workers' comp. They say that it is in the interest of, like, preserving the sanctity of amateurism, but really it's about they don't want to have to, like, shell out money, so uh, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Wow. Right, so they craft this legal argument, and are y'all ready? Because the Colorado Supreme Court agrees with them. They agree with them. I know. So, uh, the term student athlete has actually ended up getting the NCAA out of a ton of liability cases because, hey, they aren't our employees, so we aren't liable for them, right? <sighs> okay. So, I okay, I, I'm going to go on a tangent really fast because, like, I think when I was in college, I, like, first of all, we went to a small, like, D3 school, right? So, it wasn't mm-hmm. like yeah. athletics were, like, you know, it's not like we were, I don't know, like University of Texas or whatever. Like we're not getting right. these huge media sponsorship deals or whatever. So I didn't realize how much money college sports made. And so I guess, you know, sometimes you would get the question of, you know, post you of like, do you think we should pay college athletes? And yeah, my response you, was, listen. <laughs> yeah, you first said student athletes and I was like, the lacrosse team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Man. Okay, so, like, because here's the thing, because I was at first, like, listen, I used to be, and I still am to an extent, my opinions are round and three-dimensional and need hours to completely flesh out. But, <laughs> you know, I my general stance would have been, well, if we're going to play college athletes, we need to start paying, you know, uh, performance majors, too. And, like, yes, okay, I agree to that, what I said, you know, three years ago to an extent, but, y'all, the money these people make is like nothing that any college could okay i'm gonna get into it okay so first point okay not paying college athletes absolves the ncaa of a lot of legal problems because they aren't technically considered their employees okay Mm -hmm. despite the fact that like Okay, these people devote a big part of their lives to this sport. Okay, I'll get into it. We're going on, we're going on. Second point, this classification keeps them from unionizing. Ah! (laughs) Apparently, apparently there were efforts for them to unionize back in like, I think it was 2013 for college uh, athletes to unionize. And basically like, I don't know. Like it, it became difficult. They were like, they "You can't unionize. Right. We don't pay we you. Do you don't right, make exactly. anything." Became... God, exactly. It's difficult to unionize when like your wages are zero. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna break away from my main point. Like I just did a second ago, just to say, y'all. <sighs> They make so much money. The Department of Education reported $14 billion in revenue in 2017 from college sports, period, period. 
alone. College mm-hmm. sports, $14 billion. There is no Man. other collegiate program that does that period the end, right? Not music, not theater, not even the fucking college part of college, okay? Okay. Uh-huh. Right? There is nothing that makes that much money, okay? So... If students aren't being paid for their incredibly profitable and lucrative labor and likenesses, because by the way, they use their images for like like advertising and sponsorships without fucking paying them, okay? So if they aren't making that money, who is? Y'all want to take a guess? The rich people. It's coaches. It's fucking coaches. Rich people, a.k.a. rich people, okay? The highest earners in a lot of states are fucking college football coaches. Yes. To do what? To just yell at them and be like, run faster. Uh, I mean. Okay. There are some very good coaches that exist. I know. I I only know this because Leo played college football and he talked about some really good coaches that he's had. So like they exist. They're there. They're there. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Like I'll I'll be. To be fair, I don't know exactly what a college coach does. Right. Like I have no idea. But they don't deserve to make that much money. Period. The end. Like I will. I don't care what your argument is. I don't care. Like they are fucking like. All of their labor that they perform, all of the money, how do I say this? Their labor is being performed by like a team of students. Like they are making money off of these students. Okay. Also, I was going to say something else. What else was I going to say? Oh, and this is where, this is where my, my reference uh, to Tim comes in. And I hope that I am am doing his words justice. But one of the things that he talked about that's so problematic with these like college sports programs, specifically football, is that it brings in astronomical amounts of money. And the hope and the intent is that this money goes back into these schools and helps to develop other programs. Right. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Right. It just goes back into these sports programs and back into paying these coaches like astronomical sums, millions and millions of dollars. Right. Yeah. And they get paid more when the team wins a lot. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and well, yeah, like also I'll... uniforms and shit, but that's still not like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like some of it should go back into the team to keep it a yeah. good team, but. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like, I think we have to recognize that, like, at the end of the day, college sports is an entertainment business. Yes. Right. And like, you would never ask Mariah Carey, even if she's 21, to come perform, like, I don't know. I don't know how often football games happen two, three times a week. Right? I don't know how often they practice every day. Like you wouldn't ask her to come sing every day and do like a couple of big concerts, you know, three times a week for nothing. Right. Yeah. And what she's doing she is, is in far less dangerous. Yes. That's thank you. All right. I get to that point. Okay, and what I'm doing is far less dangerous, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, right? It's like not only are they performing labor that other people get fucking rich off of for free they're also endangering their health right so if you get a serious injury doing one of these sports in college for free right it Mm -hmm. could seriously hinder if not completely ruin your chances of going pro and having a career in this Mm -hmm. right and like you know, I understand that it's like competitive and, and all that. And like, I wouldn't discourage anyone from wanting to be like a pro football player as much as I would discourage them from wanting to be like a professional actor or like a musician, right? Like, like it is a career field, 
But mm-hmm. if you get injured doing college sports, As, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. like that, exactly. Ugh, okay. If I can look, if Ugh. I can interject, because again, Leo, yeah. my boyfriend, played football for a long time. He got this injury in in high school, but it's still like kind of led to him stopping playing football. He tore like all of the major ligaments in his knee Ugh. playing football, yeah. and now yeah. he 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 likes to say that his he's he's like twenty seven, but his knee is ninety. Oh um, no. <laughs> And, and even now like, he's listen. like he's like if they want to I'll let them but like if not like my kids are not playing football. <laughs> no, yeah. you know it's, it's incredibly yeah. dangerous. And like no offense to your boyfriend, best of luck, fingers crossed, prayers. But he's probably gonna have to have knee surgery. You know, I mean he he did he did when he ah! and luckily he yeah! he went to rich Catholic high school and so they the school paid for his surgery which was oh, good. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Oh, that's um, really nice because that brings me to my next point, which is <laughs> the NCAA fights tooth and nail to keep from paying medical bills mm. that you got making them rich. Yeah. <laughs> See, okay, so like I did look I did look at a very boring budget breakdown of the NCAA <laughs> by year. Thank and you. They do put aside they technically yeah. I do it for the fans. So <laughs> they do on paper put aside money each year to help pay for medical expenses that some college athletes might incur. But um, when you do the math, the number of total NCAA athletes there are per year, and then the number of like the the amount of money they put aside, it was like less than a hundred dollars per person per year, which y'all we live in America. Mm -hmm. We don't have, uh, we don't have fucking universal health care. That's just expensive. Mm-hmm. You aren't going to go anywhere that $100, and I recognize not every person is going to need the money, but there is nowhere you can go that that kind of money is going to make a difference, right? <sighs> All right. So to be competitive in recruiting college athletes, and this is where the documentary uh, Foul Play by SB Nation, which... I do not like sports. I mean, like, I don't hate sports. I'm not one of those people. But I think that it w- it's a really interesting documentary. And even as somebody who doesn't like sports but loves drama, it's really, really good. <laughs> so uh, the SB Nation documentary, Foul Play, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so to be competitive and recruiting college athletes, colleges will sometimes pay big-name players under the table through uh, people who are called bagmen. Uh, they might, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they might either pay the players in like sums of money or sometimes they'll like pay their bills, whether that's like rent or maybe it's medical bills or maybe it's, you know, their college books. Um, so like good. Okay. Sometimes they do, but like, let's be honest, Victoria, it's not worth it. Like, it's not worth it. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it's a big schools, but like, like at our, where we went to college, I don't, (laughs) I don't think that that happened. Certainly not. Well, okay. And here's the thing too, is like, well, cause we were a D3 school. And so it was like, it's kind of chump change. Like no one really pays D3 any mind. But, um, so like, here's the thing too, is like, even if they get a full tuition scholarship like first of all that's not money in their pocket like yes it's a free education quote unquote even though like 
I don't think there's any like there's no such thing as a free education. You still have to pay for books. You still have to pay for housing and blah blah blah. Yep. But so even if they do get a free tuition, like 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 let's say it's like oh I don't know how much it'd be like at a state school maybe it's twenty five thousand dollars a year right thirteen to twenty five thousand dollars a year. Even if you get full tuition, that like ratio of like twenty five thousand dollars a year compared to like the fucking the value of the labor you're producing is it's it's night and day, right? It's mm-hmm. like yeah. one to a hundred, baby. Like, Whoa. oh my God. Do you know how much <sighs> professional football players are paid? They get paid a lot. A, like they do. A millions yeah, of depends. dollars. <laughs> it depends. Yeah. But that's the thing too. And like, cause Tim and I talked about this is that like football players, not always, but like oftentimes they have shorter careers yeah. than some other athletes. Yes. Because um, of the injury mm-hmm. chances. Yeah. Okay. So like all of this, like, like paying people under the table, like you shouldn't have to pay them under the table. Like you should just be able to pay them. Which is like good, right? Like, like mm-hmm. they should be paid. Yeah. But unsurprisingly, the NCAA hates this, and duh. they famously <laughs> will black right. Duh. They'll famously blackball schools that they discover are doing this, even though it's like kind of the worst kept secret that all the big schools do this, <laughs> right? Like they all know what's happening. They just aren't willing to like fucking launch an investigation. Also, like the NCAA is kind of like a like a facade of a governing body it's just like it's just problems layered on problems layered on problems and so yeah it's like yeah FIFA. and so <laughs> it, oh, exactly it's like fifa and so yeah uh football players at big institutions end up getting paid under the table when they should be paid like on the books and like not like ten thousand dollars here and there but maybe like i don't know I don't know how much money they should make. Like, I don't know if I can make that call. But, like, you know, pay them a wage. Like, pay them a salary. Don't right. just yeah. give them $10,000 and go, all right, bye, kid. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, um, the NCAA hates this. They they blackball schools who, who do this. Um, and uh, so famously, uh, in Dallas, there's a school called SMU, which is Southern Methodist University, which is also famously like where all the rich kids that you hate go. Yes. Um, <laughs> but they were, they, in the 80s, it was discovered that they were, um, I, I, I don't, like, they were giving expensive gifts to recruit, like, really high end, good high school basketball players. And so they had a ton of, like, sanctions put on them for a really long time. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. We should probably address. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's exactly. They're fine. About it. They're not hurting. <sighs> we should probably address in the last few minutes that I have um, that there is a huge racial component to college sports. Right? Mm-hmm. Um. So the people who are not getting paid are typically black people. And the people who are not paying them are white people. Okay? Whoa. I, great yeah, coincidence. I know. What a surprise. <laughs> I know. So the man who actually initially crafted the term student athlete for the NCAA eventually came out against the term later in life and called the current situation in college sports, quote, a neo-plantation because of the absolutely disgusting power dynamics um, of like young black people performing difficult, dangerous, time-consuming labor 
for these white men for free who are completely stuffing their pockets, right? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I have, like, I, uh, Tim has amazing thoughts on this, but he doesn't do this podcast. So (laughs) I have synthesized some of his thoughts. All right, all right. And combined them with my thoughts, which are watered-down versions of, his thoughts so <laughs> there's a lot of components to this that like cannot be covered in the amount of time that we have like go watch foul play it's a really good docu-series it's on youtube for free yeah. um yeah but yeah this is too long didn't read this is a huge problem and i didn't realize it was a problem because uh i i I was like, a lot of my identity was like anti-sports growing up. And so I didn't realize how unfairly these people were treated. But like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, y'all, like fucking football players, the proletariat. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Nice. (laughs) Like, they perform the labor. Damn. And and that's like the least, the group that I would least expect to do that. To To, like be the the proletariat. Oh no, right. to be okay. the proletariat. Okay. <laughs> listen, listen, just like us gals chat, I was very surprised because I like I'd never thought about it this way, but I was like on one of my leftist Facebook groups that all the Gen Zers, <laughs> all the Zoomers are a part of. Um, I somebody posted in their like friendly reminder that professional athletes are the proletariat. And like good point. Like they typically don't own any part of their team. They don't really own yeah, like, they don't own the means of production, guess, like, production, <laughs> but, like, but also, like, like they aren't making these contract deals, really. They are dependent on, they're dependent on contracts. They don't, like, they make a lot of money, don't get me wrong. And specifically, male athletes make a lot more money, but, like, they own nothing, right? Like, they are still, at the end of the day, their employment is the whim of their employer. Yeah. Oh, man, y'all. It's wild. Yeah. <sighs> and like, I you think, know, and like, I, I understand coaches have a, like a big role on how well a team performs. So I am less angry at coaches and more angry at like the NCAA who does literally nothing. Yeah. No, the, the, <laughs> the title of these, the, the like document title of these notes is NCAA sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> which they do. Also, do I think college coaches should be paid like 14 million, however many millions of dollars a year? No, I don't. That's fucking ridiculous. They need to calm down. Um, But, but also, I mean, could you create a problem, right? Because like, well, if one college decides that they're going to cut, you know, the pay of their coach, well, what are they going to do? They're just going to go to a different school that's going to pay them the same amount, if not more. Yeah. So like, it's just like, you've created your own problem. (sighs) Everything's hard. Yes. Everything is hard. It sucks. But, but we can always just eat um, black-eyed peas and cornbread and ham <laughs> and uh, listen to Smokey, the, Smokey Bear. Yes, we can. <laughs> yes, we can. Yeah. Man. Thank you, Emmeline. Yeah, thank you. Oh, for hey, listen. Me. That's important. I, I'm really glad that I could give you the, like, watered-down version of the argument I have heard from my boyfriend at least a dozen times. <laughs> I'm Tim so and Leo should talk, honor. I think. Yeah. I think I think they might get along. I'm not going to lie. Like, I think- <laughs> we'll set it up. We'll set it up. <laughs> Perfect. Make it happen. 
<laughs> Maybe they'll do their own podcast. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, what would they call their podcast? I don't know. Guys being uh, dudes. Just guys being dudes. <laughs> guys being dudes. Or it'd be like five five feet apart because they're not gay. <laughs> Most Leo is gay. I don't know. Uh, no, he he is not attracted to men. That's cool. uh, I get it. I get it. As I someone who's attracted to men, I get it. I wish I could also yeah. not be attracted to men. Right, right, right. Here we are. Yeah, it's cool. <sighs> All right. Nice. Good job, How do we team. end this thing? I forget. I got it. Take it away, Victoria. Cool. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Shitface Facts. If you want to keep up with us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram at SHTFacts. If you want to shoot us an email with drink recommendations, with topics you want to tell us about or you want us to talk about, you can email us at shtfacedfacts at gmail.com. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, one to five stars. You can't give a six-star review, unfortunately, nor can you give a zero-star review. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to leave us a voice message, just go to anchor.fm slash shtfacefacts. It's also shitfacefacts with no I. Uh, leave us a drink, recommend- a drink recommendation <laughs> or a topic recommendation. Or just say hi. Whatever you want. Yeah. Or you can leave me a voicemail at 214. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, there is no I in team and there's no I in shit. <laughs>